This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Best of Taz and Jim Podcast. You know I'm a proud, bald man, Jim. Proud? I don't really have any other choice. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta own it. Yeah, you, you play the hand you're dealt, right? Mm-hmm. So I was very interested to see this headline. We now know who the world's hottest bald man is. And this is science, okay? Hmm. There is a search engine optimization comp- company called Reboot, and they incorporated different factors to decide who the hottest bald man in the world is, including the golden ratio, which analyzes your face. Mm-hmm. They also calculated net worth, height, <laughs> how often each of these men was described as hot on Twitter, and they also factored in the cranial shine factor. Whoa. The higher, the better. So, Oh, really? Yeah. So however shiny your head is, it's measured in candelas per square meter. <laughs> Does your head reflect the light well? Okay. And they have determined that the hottest bald man on the planet is... Vin Diesel. <laughs> No, no, no way. Who's the hottest bald man on the planet then? Steve the bodyguard from Jerry Springer. We all know this. <laughs> we all know it's been settled. Steve the bodyguard. <laughs> no, but if deep, you, I mean, it that's depends. a deep cut there. It depends on each factor is factoring into it because if this algorithm is spitting out the facts, then I think maybe Jeff Bezos may be this, according to a robot, the sexiest man, just because his net worth is so outrageously high, drives his average. It drives up. his average way up. Vin Diesel. Now, I could, I could believe this twenty years ago. Triple X. Triple X. The first Fast. two Fast and Furious movies. Furious. Or actually, he wasn't in the second Fast and Furious, but the first and the third Fast and Furious. Or the fifth, whatever. (laughs) That is crazy. So Vin Diesel is number one. I think you will agree with number two, though, because I think think this guy is your secret bald man crush. Who's this? All right, I'm going to say it before you. Stanley Tucci. I was going to say, let's go on three. (laughs) One, two, three. Stanley Tucci is number two. Well, I love the movie The Kingsman, both of them. He crushes it in that. I don't know if I know any other movie he's in. But you've got some. This one. He's, he's pulling it off for me. You're bringing up Stanley Tucci more often than you should be. Because he's also two things. The only Italian actor I know and the only really good bald-looking bald actor. Good-looking good bald, bald guy. Actor. Well, who do you think is the sexiest bald man? Shamar Moore. I'll tell you in a second here okay. because the guy I think probably should have been number one is way down the list. I can't believe it. Shamar Moore is number three. He's a soap op- opera actor. He was on one of those crime shows. Uh, yeah, I know this guy. You know Shamar? Pitbull. Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. Pitbull is number four. Okay, yeah. Prince William is number five. He, I, I think he may have the worst haircut of any bald man in the limelight right now because he, he's keeping the sides. Yeah. He's got like the, choice. the monk look going, right? Yeah. I mean, he used to be a heartthrob. He used to be on the cover of all the teeny bop magazines at one point. When he had his hair. Oh, yeah. Jason Statham, Bruce Willis, Joe Rogan are the next three, all behind Prince William. Mm-hmm. And then number nine on the list, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Hmm. How is The Rock number nine? I would say, in terms of specimens, The Rock should be number one. But that doesn't make you attractive, necessarily. 
Like he's so obnoxiously big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is he even attractive? You know, technically, he's charismatic. He's awesome. He's the rock. He's the man. But I mean, is he? I I, I don't know. Is he good looking? He's got that smile. He's got the eyebrow. I think he was better looking when he was in his WWE heyday. Now he's just so freakishly large. It's like, (laughs) it's crazy to look at. You're more of a Stanley Tucci guy. I like a thin man. (laughs) I like a European. You know what I mean? (laughs) These obnoxiously large Americans. A thin, distinguished Italian. You know when you put on like a European cut t-shirt and it's like European large and it's really like a small? That's That's the body type I like. Okay. Well, there you go. Vin Diesel, according to science. Wait. The most sexiest bald man on the planet. You, Who do you think is the sexiest? I think The Rock. The Rock? Yeah, right. Yeah. Why? Could you imagine making love to The Rock, Taz? You would be, I haven't, you'd, you'd get but... murdered. It's impossible. Well, I guess it depends how you like Stanley it, Jim. Stanley Tucci on the other side, on the other end. <laughs> he would be a gentle yes, lover, Stanley Tucci. Yes, guaranteed. And then you'd have wine at a bistro pub. It'd be beautiful. Uh, he's, he's romantic. Yeah. He'd tell you all you, about... Take you for a drive in his convertible sure. along the countryside. Oh, he'd be pointing out like old Roman artifacts. <laughs> I'm going to get you. be like, oh, you want to go to the gym? I'm going to get you a Stanley Tucci poster to hang over your bed. The best of Taz and Jim. Some guy on a JetBlue flight swallowed a couple punches from Mike Tyson this week. A flight was preparing to take off from San Francisco to Miami. Apparently Tyson was on the plane because he was flying to a marijuana conference (laughs) in Miami. Sounds like a fun way to spend the weekend, Jim. Yeah, absolutely. Tyson's uh, right into the, the, the weed business. He's got the gummies that look like Evander Holofield's ear with a bite out of it right now, and he's uh, he's hawking. So Tyson's on the plane, minding his own business. Uh, he took a couple selfies with some fans, but then one of these fans would not leave Tyson alone. He, he seemed intoxicated, was hanging over the seat behind Mike Tyson, just needling at him over and over again until Tyson finally snapped and ended up punching the guy. Yeah, the whole thing was caught on video, and we've got some audio from that here. But I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. What we're talking about? Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Looks pretty vicious. <laughs> they were having fun at one point. You've got the actual audio here, Jim. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Mike, Mike, come on. Let's go stop back. Let's lose the horse, man. Jet Blue, yep, flight. My boy just got beat up by Mike Tyson. <laughs> Turn that way. Yeah, he got f***ed up. Trying to ask for an autograph, man. I don't know what happened. Trying to ask yeah. for an autograph. Nice uh, try, buddy. A little more than that. Guy was being a total D-bag. And the consensus seems to be he got what he deserved. Our Facebook page, we posted the TMZ story. They broke this yesterday. Um... We got Emma saying, who the hell would be dumb enough to bother Mike Tyson? You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. We're wondering now, because the guy who got punched did not cooperate with the police investigation, apparently. Um, But is there the possibility, if Tyson doesn't get charged... Could he get sued by this idiot and win? So we wanted to ask a lawyer friend of ours. We got Ian Stedden from Cohen Hiley on the line. Hey, Ian. Good morning. I guess the question would be, who would you rather be representing in this court case? (laughs) Mike Tyson or the guy who got punched? You know, I... uh... 
I uh, I hadn't seen the video until just a few minutes ago because uh, you mentioned it to me off the air. I don't I don't want to represent that guy. I just I don't know. There's something about him. He just kind of d- doesn't look. Would you describe him as punchable? <laughs> uh, you know I don't I don't want to say anybody's punchable, but uh, he certainly didn't look like an autograph seeker. Yeah. He, or a victim. He he didn't look like a victim. He almost looked like he was happy he got punched. And he was putting on, after, his buddy's filming him when he's talking, oh, my buddy got beat up by Mike Tyson. He's got this uh, pout look a on his face. childish pouty face. But it almost looks like he's trying to hide a smile at the same time, like he's glad he's bleeding from the forehead a bit. But for a, a sports fan, is there a greater story or trophy than to get punched by one of the greatest boxers of all time and live to tell about it. <laughs> I prefer not to. I'd rather somebody else get I'd punched. I'd like him to bite a little I'm, bit of my ear off. <laughs> and then anytime anybody asks about it, well... Let, let me, me tell, tell you. <laughs> or there's Michael Spinks. I'm old enough to remember Michael Spinks. There was a lot of hype about that, and it lasted, I don't know, 30 seconds or something. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised this guy took it as well as he did, actually. I was a little disappointed. You wanted him to get completely knocked out, like lying on the floor 100%. of the plane? 100%. Yeah, I was like, Mike's lost a step. But his, his eyebrow was bleeding, and I'm sure he got a few punches well, in And there. the chair was in the way. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't get the full swing going on the so, plane. But in Mike Tyson's defense, can you defend yourself physically against somebody who hasn't actually laid a hand on you. Is it okay to punch somebody who is just annoying the hell out of you ever? Yeah, the the short answer is no. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be because it would be considered excessive. Uh, But uh, there is provocation. So there's the criminal angle and the civil angle. So back to your civil angle, the reason you may not want to press charges is uh, because if... Mike Tyson's charged criminally, it could affect the compensation he could receive civilly if he was successful in the first place. Um, hmm. Do you think this guy's going to try and cash in? Well, I don't know. I, I probably. I think there's a lawyer, particularly in the U.S., out there that'll take almost any case if there's a celebrity involved. So I suspect so, that someone will take the case. I would be very nervous if I was about to sue Mike Tyson, because like I feel like I would announce the lawsuit and the next day I'd leave my house and there'd be 400 pigeons waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> like the birds like staring at you. Oh, no. They're he watching me. They're watching me everywhere I go. Can't sue a bird. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Best of Taz and Jim Podcast. Jim is giggling to himself. I'm looking forward to this one here. Seem very entertained, Jim. Only. Oh, Where in Ohio are we headed? This is uh, in Lake Erie somewhere. This is a Lake Erie walleye trail tournament, basically. It's a fishing derby. Who doesn't love a good old-fashioned <laughs> fishing derby? You bring the community together. You know, it's an art as old as time. Fishing, man against nature. 
And uh, the winner takes home 29000 for the heaviest bucket of fish. This is how this Ohio fishing tournament works. You get like five fish, you put it in a bucket, they weigh the bucket, who's ever got the heaviest uh, bucket at the end of it, uh-huh. wins, the, wins the pot, $29,000. So, you know, you're going for size, you're going for weight. And these guys, this one, it's a duo. It's like, it's, it's teams of two. This one duo, they're kind of known around Ohio. Uh, they win a, a few tournaments here and there. I don't think they have a great reputation. I don't think people like them that much. Well, this tournament this weekend, these guys, they win again, Taz. Their bucket, wow. it weighs the most. But the, the judges and the officials, they're looking at the bucket and they go, these fish don't look that big. Like, everybody was shocked at how much this bucket weighs. So one of the officials... Po- something something's awry. a little fishy. Something so was speak. awry, and it wasn't the whiskey that, were, that was reeking up the place, because these people were boozing. <laughs> you can tell they were all drinking in a moment here. But the official pulls out the fish. He feels something hard in the stomach of the fish. He says, Uh-oh. something's fishy. He cuts open the fish. What does he pull out? Weight? Stones, lead weights, <laughs> about the size of like an egg, a small chicken's egg. They're pulling weights out of these things. And man, these people are losing their mind here. These the, are the other, com- the other contestants. Yeah. Now, I think Rightfully I've, so. I, I think I've censored everything here, but here we go. I want you to leave. I don't want anybody to touch these guys. I don't want to fight them. Dude, that is that's an angry mob. Yeah, and rightfully so, because this is like an honor system here. You know, these guys they all know each other. It's a small group. I'm and they they know yeah, this the guy fishing too. Fishing community. Hundred percent. And like you're stealing you are stealing in that moment. And how many times has this worked for yes. them before they got caught? How much prize money have they, as the guy said in between the M's and the F's yeah. and the other F's? How many times have they stolen prize money from the people who rightfully won the fishing tournament? $29,000, not a small amount of money. A lot of it raised by these small hunting and fishing communities and like the the game like community in whatever county they're in or whatever. So the guy who's the cheater, his name's Jacob, he's standing right there. He's taking the heat and he has nothing to say. Like he, It's almost like he's drunk or stoned and is like kind of caught in the middle of it. He's, he's like, busted. how do I get out of this? Busted. So who knows? I don't know. The police, I'm sure, were called. There's, I, I haven't seen the follow-up article to this, whether they will be formally charged or not. But man, there's a lot of good old boys who want to crack these guys <laughs> open. Eh? They are furious. <sighs> weighing down your fish. It seems so obvious, though. As soon as you said it's by weight, I'm like, well, why wouldn't yeah. you just stuff the fish with something heavy? Well, they pushed it too far, right? Like yeah, it weighed, got greedy. Th- these, these fish, they generally weigh about four pounds, and they were weighing in at seven pounds each, and so immediately people knew what was up. It kind of reminds me of, a lot of it is the honor system, and you got to yeah. be honorable. Like It reminds me a lot of uh, charity golf tournaments, which we golf in. Um, and in their charity, they don't have people walking around, but there's like closest to the pin, close to the keg, right. lowest score. And there's sometimes 
you know, four golf bags from Nike that are up for grabs here, thousands of dollars, and it's all the honor system. Some really nice prizes. Yeah. You say that you got the ball an inch from the hole, and we just have to take your word for it. And a lot of times, it's the same group of characters. You know, you notice the same guys. You're like, I've golfed with this guy. He's not that good. Yet every <laughs> tournament, this guy is in the top. It really makes me feel like this is not the first time they did it. They, they got greedy. They got greedy. They didn't yeah. catch fish that were nearly big enough to try and weigh them down like they did. And they, they must have had a reputation because you can hear in the background, we all knew it. We all knew it. <laughs> and so everybody's calling these guys out. They must have had a reputation, which makes me so happy that they finally got busted. This is the Taz and Jim podcast. Best of Taz and Jim podcast. We had a blast yesterday here in the Hammer at the uh, the Ticats game, Labor Day Classic. Unfortunately, Ticats didn't win, but uh, the pregame was amazing. You gotta give it to the people of Hamilton. They know how to do it. Mm-hmm. In Canada, the tailgating can pale in comparison to a lot of sporting events down in the United States, but not in the Hammer. They do it right. Shout out to everyone who was in Lot E yesterday. That's where I was with the Gray Man. My my son was with me, and we had a great time. Got to uh, give a special thank you to John Harkins, who kind of was my guide, my tie catch Sherpa yesterday. He's a huge super fan. He got me some tickets right down close to the field for me and the boy, and and he uh, walked us through the tailgate site in Lot E. Now, Jim, you had a little different experience. You went to a pregame house party. I did, and it was right beside Tim Hortons Field. If you've never been here before, it's right in the middle of a residential area. So this was right by Gate 5. There's a lineup forming. People are kind of milling about out there. And this party was bumping. There was a band, two guys, two-piece, on this mobile truck that was a mobile stage. Shout out to a main stage rehearsal. That's how I met the guy there who who owned the the stage itself. And so here's me uh, meeting the owners who reached out to us uh, like a week ago, Taz, and said, you know, this is where you got a party. We hear you're coming to Hamilton. This is the spot for the pregame. Here is Jim talking to Phil and Mandy. Okay, here we are with the man himself, Ticats legend, super fan, Phil. Phil, thanks for the invite, buddy. No problem, my friend. You guys, anytime anybody wants to come here, they're more than welcome. It's a great time, man. Let's go, Ticats! Today we got a special guest. Hey, Mike! Special guest! So who owns this place? Right there. This is the young lady here. Yeah. And this is your place? Yes, it is. Did you buy it specifically because it's so close to Tim Hortons Field? Well, that was a major buying factor, let me tell you. So how long have you been a Ticats fan for? Oh, gosh. At least 22 years. <laughs> so you always have a pre-party before Labor Day Classic or every game? Uh, no, not every game. I don't think people around here like that too much. But uh, Labor Day, we try to kick it up a bit. So how do you pre-game before a Ticats game? How do the pros do it? How do you get ready for a big game? Well, I start ripping her up, snapping beers, you know. And then the what rest time? Of, I don't know, 9.30 when I got here, so quarter to 10. Let's go. Reefers, let's go, Ticats! Woo! Ready for this? What makes the Hamilton Ticats such a fun game to watch and make? What makes the crowd so great with Hamilton? Because we never have a problem with the crowds. They're always friendly. There's no uh, disruptions. It's always been good. Partying hard, but not uh, not fighting or anything like no, that. No, absolutely. Well, once in a while, you get an entertainment <laughs> like that, but 
happens. It happens. It Whatever. does. It does. Oh. <laughs> he just got finished talking well, about how. Couple fights. You know, when you start snapping up beers at 9 a.m., <laughs> you know, the occasional fisticuffs are bound to happen. It's good entertainment. It's all fun. Yeah, you know, I heard a rumor that uh, the band invited the special guest up on stage. Do we have some audio coming up of Jim performing at the Tie Cats tailgate yesterday? 100%. I was the hype man. And you went over to the guys and said what? Well, there was another guy who walked up and just randomly sang ACDC with them, and I was like, oh, I didn't know this was like a karaoke thing, so I said, hey, their names were Mike and Murphy, shout out, in a band called Devil Witch, and I said, uh, can I get up and start hyping the crowd up, because the the lineup is right there, there were hundreds of people, maybe 50 feet away from me, so I hopped up there and tried to get the crowd going a little bit. All right, this is Jim with the name of the band again? Uh, uh, Devil Witch. Devil Witch. Crowds gathering, Taz. People are feeling oh, they got their attention. should release that as a single the argo suck remix <laughs> we will suck you wait no no that's no. not, not right. we'll, we'll work on that the best of taz and jim here on the taz and jim program you know we like to look out for you guys we we don't want our listeners to fall victim to scam artists mm-hmm. and there is another scam that is happening in the Taz and Jim listening area that we feel we need to warn you about this one's a little more specific, a little more pinpointed, but if you are planning on buying an illegal monkey, you need to hear about this. <laughs> you said it all there. If you're planning on buying an illegal monkey, Taz, because I we feel so much empathy for people who get scammed. A lot of times, it's something I would fall for, you know, maybe, I don't know, but this time, the more I read this story, the more red flags popped up, and I just cannot believe it got this far. So this family is from Scugog, Ontario, which is just northeast of Toronto, somewhere around there. Small town, whatever. They have a few members of their family they thought could uh, benefit from uh, an emotional support animal. So they decide, we want to get an emotional support monkey. Mm-hmm. Just one of those little ones, like the one that... Mar- yeah, like Ross Geller friends. had on Friends. Yeah. Just one of those. They have like a, a ch- uh, capuchin monkeys, I think is right. what they're called. I don't know how you pronounce it exactly. Marcel the monkey. They start looking on Facebook, right? They find this place. It's called Universal Chimp Farms. They strike up a deal where Universal Chimp Farms says, okay, yeah, we'll send you a monkey. First, we need $1,500 for each animal. I guess they're going to send two. They thought they wanted to get two monkeys. Well, then the monkeys can play with each other and keep each other company. I have two dogs. I get it. Yeah. You know? So, uh... Down payment. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, red flag number one. 
They asked to be paid in not, they wouldn't accept Visa or credit card or anything like that. You had to go to Walmart to get the prepaid Visa cards, $50 each, and then send them to them. Uh, one of the, I think, I think the grandmother, like the mother of the person who wanted it, their partner uh, said, I think this is a bit of a red flag. I think I've heard about this before. Yeah, yeah. If someone's asking you to pay for something in prepaid Visa cards, yeah. iTunes or Amazon gift cards, there's a pretty good chance you're getting scammed. So the family then said, shut up, old man. We're going to Walmart anyway. They go to we Walmart. We want our monkey. They go to Walmart. They start ringing through all these gift cards. Walmart stops them and says, this is a stereotypical scam here. We would advise you not to go through with this. Do not do this. It's our policy oh, really? to warn you to not do this. So the- if you buy a large number of gift cards, the retailer will actually say... Hey, you better be careful because we've seen this play out before. Yeah, Walmart ha- will anyway, and I'm sure they've probably had legal troubles because people probably try to go after them if they can't go after the scammers themselves. So Walmart is smart enough to flag this type of behavior. The family ignores that. Uh, a couple other red flags: they didn't. They only sent pictures of the monkeys, not them actively playing with the monkeys. No mm. n- modern newspaper next to the monkeys to show that they, these were up to date. Uh, another red flag: they did look into getting a license for these monkeys. It is actually illegal to have an emotional support monkey or get these type of monkeys in Canada anyway. It's like uh, there's apparently they can bring in diseases. It's yeah, yeah. A- Haven't you seen the movie Outbreak with <laughs> Dustin Hoffman? Yeah. It's prohibited from this country due to public health concerns and zoonotic disease potential. Yes. So the family didn't do any research and they said they were going to apply for the uh, for the emotional support license the last After thing you want arrived. is to buy an illegal monkey, and then that thing is patient zero for COVID-22. <laughs> Which we all assume is going to happen. It's going to happen, and it's going to be a that, monkey that causes it. Either that, or they get some shot to fight Alzheimer's, and they take over. They become smarter, and yeah. then it's a planet of the age. Caesar. So, uh, all all in all, they claim that they lost $8,000. They could only provide receipts for about $2,700. Uh, they went to CBC News to talk about it. So, I mean, they, they showed some receipts. Allegedly, they, they lost $8,000. I do feel bad for the family because they had a string of bad luck. Fire in the house. Uh, lawnmower accident. One of their kids lost two fingers. One of the family members has uh, issues that could use an emotional support animal. He has a disability. So... The family had blinders on because they were looking for a bright spot in their life somewhere. However, you have to listen to the red flags and Mm -hmm. do your research because giving these people money gives them it like it funds their scam operation yeah you're not it's not just you who's getting scammed it's continuing this nonsense it's the next person who's looking for an illegal monkey (laughs) now they're gonna get scammed too Sure. Unless they're listening to the Taz and Jim show right now. Then You're they'll welcome. know better. <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim podcast. Best of Taz and Jim podcast. In Hamilton, last night we went to the Pearl Jam concert at First Ontario Center. And there's a bit of a connection here between the Tragically Hip and Pearl Jam. We know that uh, Eddie Vedder was a fan a uh, friend of Gord Downey. Um, and when Gord passed, Pearl Jam on stage paid tribute to Gord. So when Eddie on stage last night saw a couple guys in the crowd with shirts that paid tribute to Gord Downey, he got the camera guy to spin the camera around and said, look at these guys' shirts. 
and they put them up on the screen, and when everyone saw these Gord Downey shirts, they went wild, of course. It was almost like a minute standing ovation, and we were kind of at a funny angle. We couldn't figure out what exactly it was, and we found out later, but uh, I was like, what, why, why is everybody so hyped? What did they show a picture of? Yeah, and then later in the show, Eddie Vedder went over to these two guys with the Gord Downey shirts, and he he poured them each a glass of wine. And I was like, wow, those two lucky dudes just got to drink Eddie Vedder's wine. You know, after a good concert here on the Taz and Jim program, we like to find some good hammered concert reviews. Now, coincidentally, we saw a couple guys who were swerving coming out of First Ontario Center. Matching shirts. We went up to them, and this is what happened. It's time for another Hammer Concert Review. Fellas, how are you? Taz and Jim oh my from God. 108. Jim! No. Jim! No, that's Jim. Oh, Taz! I'm Taz. <laughs> I'm RPL! Jim and Taz! Okay, He's hi confused. guys, I fucking love you guys. Dude, RPL General Contracting. Woo! Remember that? Remember the tile guy RPL. from the other day? Oh, RPL. Yeah, the show was epic. I had Eddie Wine. Are you the guys who got Eddie better? Yeah! <laughs> I said to Jim, I said, there is two guys in the front row. He's keeping it for some reason. Because I love it, because I don't want to let it go. So why did Eddie give you the wine? Because we ran out of alcohol. (laughs) Did you yell something at him? Other than I love you. Uh, Eddie, (laughs) Eddie. Eddie, come over to us. Yeah, he might have seen your shirt. What do your shirts say? Guard fucking Downey. Guard beeping Downey. Yeah. Radio edit. So I think that might have been some respect for Gord Downey. Guys. Well, definitely. Yes. Totally, yes. buddy. And he'd come so, over to us and he'd grab. He'd, I saw it. I was sitting in the 200s and you guys were front row. I saw him pour wine and oh hand God, it to you guys. Yes, you did, buddy. Look it. And I could. I had it. You know He's how much it took me to get this mine. out of the stadium? There, you got it. I'm like, I'm not giving up my Eddie wine. Go for Beep your hat. <laughs> I drank mine. So, so how did it taste? Because yeah, I would imagine Eddie Vedder's like not shit, serving like, up terrible like It was bad wine. Like, uh, you, don't, you don't think Eddie was <laughs> giving you, know, you the good Catholic stuff? Catholic people, you know, smell the, uh, it. Hey, all the boys, Taz, they smell. drink the wine. Taz, smell. And, uh, Just take a whip. Yeah, take a yeah. sip. Take a sip. Take a sip. You want me to take a sip of Eddie Vedder's wine? Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he gave you the good stuff, guys. No, totally not. <laughs> you guys ever want to call me? I love you guys so much. I listen to you every morning. We love you too. Hopefully, uh, we just didn't share anything more than wine. And I'm glad. I'm glad you love Pearl it Jam, went. boys. What oh, an experience! Man. Thank you very much, Taz. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard a more excited man in my life. He was pretty pumped. Dude, rightfully so. I, I don't know if I've ever been so aggressively peer pressured <laughs> into doing something that I really didn't want to do. That was intense. That should be played in, in health classes for do children. It, do, okay. it, do it, do it, do it! Yeah! He won the Super Bowl! Oh, my God. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. So now, if I get sick... Five weeks from now, I'm going to say, damn, I knew I shouldn't have drank that Eddie Vedder wine from that guy's cup. Yeah. Uh-oh, Taz. I think I see a little cold sore forming. Oh, <laughs> you got Eddie Vedder's HPV, bro. Yeah! yeah! It's Eddie Vedder's Woo! herpes. <laughs>